All right. Well, it looks like we're live, and this is Light the City. We are doing our first online free webinar. Uh, we're calling it Shine Online, and uh, this is coming out of um, some people asking questions about where do I start building an online presence, um, small church or, or Smith's. Um, and a small nonprofit, and we are so busy doing the work, our hands are in absolutely everything. How do I actually have time to uh, go on Facebook or let alone build a website or start with a website? And so we know that uh, um, because we're so busy, because uh, we wear so many hats in our organizations, that this is a difficult and challenging uh, um, subject in terms of our time and uh, in terms of the some of the learning curves or some of these things. But at Light the City, we do want to uh, create great resources for you, and this online workshop is just one of the, the times where we get to do that. We hope to do these things throughout the year with different topics based on conversations we've had with you and for with those who are uh, part of this network. And so online presence is a great way to start. We've just launched the website for Light the City, and uh, we've learned a ton about uh, this process, and we have a, a, a lot more to learn. And so uh, we hope uh, that you enjoy this, and uh, whether you're watching it live now and joining us in the Hangout, or you watch this um, after the event uh, on our blog, you can watch this video and, and uh, consume the content then. But I have a great privilege to talk today with Cliff Road, and uh, he is part of Goat Cloud Media. He um, uh, worked with us as a church to help uh, audit our website and uh, really point out some things that we may do better or things we are missing and really help guide us as a church on our, our website on how to do a little bit better. And Cliff, uh, uh, through Goat Cloud Media, um, does a ton of these trainings, a ton of these workshops around the Capital District. Uh, he's just been a tremendous um, friend and uh, a great resource. So I want to introduce Cliff and let him kind of talk about himself and then let us know what we're going to talk about a little bit more specific today. Yep. Uh, well, thank you so much, Dylan. Um, can you hear me okay? I can hear you just great. Thank you. Terrific. Well, that, that should mean that everybody else can too. Well, I'm not going to bore you terribly with the about me. Yeah, I, I am Cliff Rohde. It's true. I call myself the chief executive GOAT of uh, GOAT Cloud Communications. And uh, what that means is I get to own this uh, operation to help people really thrive online. My, my target is helping small businesses and not-for-profits to really have an exceptional online presence um, because online presence is just such an important part, really, of having any kind of even physical presence in the world. Um, I want to say thank you so much for having me, Dylan. It really is my privilege to be here today and to be chatting with you and, and with the folks who are tuned in. Um, you know, I just went to a... Um, a uh, meeting earlier this morning that was related to, boy, everything that's going on in the creative community in the capital region uh, these days. Uh, there's really an effort to push that, and I'm certainly happy to be a part of that. But it it just struck me that uh, that conversation was even uh, bigger in a sense, and that there's just so much going on to, to realize what is going on in the capital region in Schenectady. And I know that, uh, like the city, is becoming a very important part of that. And kudos to you, by the way, for having that great article in the Daily Gazette uh, yesterday. Well, thank you. Uh, we are uh, very blessed to work with a great reporter who contacted us, and uh, she did a great job writing, doing a write-up on uh, Like the City. Good. You, know, you, were, you, were, you were asking kind of the things that I would be talking about today. And so my hope today is in, in spending this hour or so with you and with anybody who might be asking questions um, is that um, I, I want to arm people with enough information so that if they have uh, either a nonprofit or a small business or what they whatever that kind of entity is or that, that project is that they're working on that they need an online presence for, either uh, they have enough information to get started on their own um, or if they're, they're looking to hire someone else to help them, they know the questions that they need to ask that person who would be helping them out. Mm. Great. 
So um, why don't you begin and um, maybe even just start really basic. What is online presence? What do we mean when you say that? Yeah, that is a, a fair question. So when we're talking about online presence, I think what a lot of people think about for uh, first is a website presence. And um, but but online goes really well beyond just a website. There are so many different places now that there is information about you as a business or you as a nonprofit online that all of them together we consider um, an online presence. So there's the website. Uh, social media accounts that you might have on a Facebook or a Google or Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, etc. Um, there are online business directories um, where you just have a, a listing, for instance, superpages.com, yellowpages.com, Yelp, Foursquare, etc. Um, there are all these places where you might uh, say third party um, instances on line or third bytes where you might uh, be commenting. Well, that's certainly part of your online presence too if you are taking an active role on somebody mm -hmm. else's website. So all of that taken together um, is what I would consider to be your online presence. And something I would interject too when you start here is uh, that we believe and I hope other nonprofits and churches and small businesses even believe that they have a, a very important message or a very important product. Uh, I hope that's why they exist. Profits are trying to change things, and churches are trying to change things, and businesses are trying to provide solutions. Um, and so when we called this event Shine Online, the idea was that um, since we believe, we have a conviction that we have such an important message, uh, we ought to do online presence well, and we ought to learn how to do it better. And so that really is the heart of why we've um, kind of uh, curated this topic and talk, and want, wanting to talk about this topic. So why don't you go ahead and uh, uh, share some things with us now. Yeah, sure. And if I, you know, I just might comment on, on what you were saying right then. In the, uh, one thing to think about is that, well, actually, I'm going to say talk about two different things. One is that sometimes what I tell people, too, is that your online presence is um, just a part of your presence, let's say, in the world. Right? Or say if you have a marketing or branding campaign, you do some things out there in the physical world and you do things on the online world too. So however much um, a part the online component is, and it can be from 10% to 100% of what it is you do to try to get the word out about what it is you're trying to accomplish, but it is kind of uh, often, um, not always, but often the first place that people find out about you. And so I kind of think that it is really critical, yes, that you are shining online. And, and in fact, just as a, as a, as a minor segue, I, I would say that, um, or, or kind of illustration of this, um, a couple of days ago, a fairly noted grocer in this area um, changed their name. They decided to change their name, and they're changing their entire brand. And, uh, you know, first of all, I, I mean, Obviously, I'm talking about Price Chopper here. I can't say enough nice things about Price Chopper um, and the family that runs that corporation because they do so much good uh, in our community. Unfortunately, they really kind of, when it came to their online approach towards explaining and implementing what they're doing, which is a massive uh, branding change. I mean, this is a company that is almost in the Forbes 100 list of the top uh, businesses in the United States, um, they really the the whole like social media online part of it almost seemed like an afterthought. Um, and you know, one thing that I'm always encouraging people is that you cannot think of this as an afterthought. Most companies in our area are not Fortune 100 companies, but even the little guys, um, the light the cities, uh, the goat clouds of the world, really need to be thinking about their online presence too because of that first point. Um, that we were talking about, which is you gotta shine online because it's going to be the first place that um, often that people uh, come to find you. Even uh, even our small church, um, it's amazing how many people uh, first view the church through the front door of the website. And I imagined uh, in in our age with smartphones, digital access, you just Google everything. 
anything. If I'm looking for a business or a nonprofit or, or if I'm looking for services, or looking for a church, you know, uh, that is so true. They, they access our information first through that front door called the website. Absolutely, yeah. And um, so I think with, with that in mind, why don't we start talking about websites. Dylan, what I'm going to try to do here is um, do a screen share. And so I'm going to take my uh, beautiful mug off the uh, window there for a second. I'm sure that you're, you're going to get a massive amount of complaints right now about that. Um, but if let me know if you can see the, uh, the screen that I'm going to share. Okay, let's see if, if this works here. And what I'm going to try to do is do a... Um, can you see my screen? I can, yes. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so this is um, this is a... Uh, I'm being distracted because I'm actually getting a phone call in my ears as I'm trying to speak right here. Hopefully it'll stop ringing in a second. Um, so I'm going to talk about about five things here, although if anyone does a count here, really, I hope you get more than just five tips, even the sixth uh, secret tip. And the, the first one that I wanted to talk about uh, was having a website because when we were talking about having an online presence before you know probably the most important asset there is your website um, that is the, the the door that gets opened that people come through to take a look at you and you know it's also the place where um, you have the most flexibility to describe who and what you are and what you do um, and, and be the most um, creative with it. Um, it's just what, what I kind of liken it sometimes to is the mothership. You always want to be bringing people back to the mothership. Um, and so, you know, I put on there, duh, right? Everyone's got to have a website. But you'd be amazed that I think the statistics still say that it's something like fewer uh, than 50% of small businesses out there have a website today. So if you don't have one, you're in good company. Um, but you know, you're competing against people who do have a website, and those people certainly have a leg up. Yeah, that's for sure. And um, you know, so when I when I, when we're talking about having a website, well, what does that mean? You know, there are websites that are as simple as just a one pager, basically, that might have uh, a very basic list of services and contact information. Um, and then you also have websites like an Amazon.com or the New York Times. You know, it's it's almost hard to imagine that both of those things can be considered uh, websites. Um, but so, I I don't want people to stress to think that they have to have like the most enormous website to begin because you don't. Um, one of the beautiful things about webs can grow organically over time, and they will. Um, you know, and I guess maybe that's a curse as well. Sometimes I've heard it said. I wish these were my words, but they're not. That you know, a website is a uh, flash of inspiration and a lifetime of work, and they can be. Um, but they're a, they're a pretty important part. They are, I would say, the the most important part of your online presence. Um, number one is over time, you do want to have great abundant content. And by the way, I should say, you know, why do we want to have a good website? Well. I think it's because if we have a website, um, we want people to find us. And so part of what I'm talking about here is helping search engines to find your website um, so that people can find you because they've used a search engine. Um, but also, um, bear in mind that the way that search engines work these days, and really by search engines I'm talking about uh, the Google monster, which has just an enormous uh, share of search in the United States, um, but they uh, websites want to serve up good information to their customers, and they view that as by you kind of sh uh, showing good information to your customers. So if you have a website that is designed well and with your visitor in mind, then over time uh, the search engines are going to give you their love, and you, your your website will show up in results. So don't think that your website is going to show up in search overnight uh, unless for some reason you uh, you know have an incredibly niche uh, product that people are looking for and nobody else is, is doing um, or service. Um, but otherwise it takes time and so you build up that great abundant content and over time um, the content should be unique, it should be in your voice, rich, compelling, um, strongly recommended to include not just words uh, on a page but video, audio, etc. 
Um, the more content you have, the better. Um, because also, remember that if you have more content on there, you are going to have more words, and those words describe what you are about, and so the search engines can understand that, that better. A website should be uh, appealing to the eye and easy to navigate. Right there, there's it's uh, in this day and age, uh, people get pretty frustrated if a website takes a long time to load. They will move on to somewhere else, and so it's pretty critical to make sure that they can get around and and find what they want. Um, it should be in logical locations. Um, you know, the the website needs to have a good hierarchical navigational structure with cues throughout the website of where to get additional information that the, the person might be looking for. You know, it, it, if, I think uh, just a question. Sure. Um, uh, just a question on your slides first. Have you clicked through any of the slides yet? Um, it just says have a website. Um, we're still seeing just the first slide. Oh, really? Oh, really? Okay. Um, and we're also not seeing presentation view. We're just seeing the um, slide kind of set before you would play the presentation, just so you know. Oh, okay. Okay, so clearly that's not working. Okay. Um, all right, how about now? Does it show anything there now? Uh, no, no difference that I see. Oh, okay. Well, let's see. I'm sorry about that. Um, so this is what you're seeing right now, right? Are you Correct. seeing? There you go, yep. Okay, so it's moving around a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I don't know if I can make that panel disappear, but um, I'm just on this uh, this slide called "Have a Website," duh. So I apologize for that. No, it's um, good. It's, uh, we can see it now. That's fine. Okay. So my question, um, quickly, on websites, as you were covering, um, yep. and you may cover this as well, but uh, you know, you, you mentioned have a lot of content um, uh, because. Number one, it's informational, but also because uh, it helps people um, when they're searching to kind of f more narrow the focus and find what they're looking for and hopefully find your site. Yeah. Uh, and then you're also talking about design and aesthetic. And um, we maybe sometimes confuse on our websites with the amount of content and how that actually looks and is portrayed on the website in terms of the design and the aesthetic. And often is the case we over clutter our websites with um, every single piece of information and content and we then lose the design aesthetic. Is that what I hear you saying? Well, yeah, I mean you, you have to be careful I think when it comes to design and and uh, you know I, my approach to design is and, and I always encourage people to think about this is try to get yourself inside the head of your visitor Forget about what you think a website ought to look like, um, but but pay attention to what your visitor wants. And I think that most often, what people want in a website, in most websites, and I know that there can be specialty websites where this is a little bit different, but I think most often what they want is a a web page that is easy to read and understand. They they understand what it what that content is going to be about because it is displayed in a sensible way and it is not filled with all sorts of bells and whistles that are distracting. You know, I think people want to get to content um, and then <clears throat> they want to move on. Now there is kind of a fundamental tension there I think because you don't necessarily want a person just to hit like one page of your website and then leave. So you want them to stick around on your website and find out more information that you have to offer um, or uh, you know, maybe you want them to sign up for a newsletter or whatever the case may be. So you're kind of wrestling in a sense with that visitor because on the one hand you want to make it as easy for them as possible to find the information they're looking for and get done whatever it is they need to get done. But you also want to draw them in and make them a part of your community. But you don't want to distract them, yeah, with, with bells and whistles. Um, so, you know, I touched on the notion that you definitely want your website to be fast. 
um, and you know a closely related issue is that your website be friendly on smaller screens, smartphones and tablets. Um, this is called either mobile ready or responsive desi design. Responsive just means that the website responds to a screen of a different size. Um, I was recently giving a, a presentation where someone asked, well do you excuse me, do you have to have a, um, a whole different website for mobile viewers? And I think the answer is no in most instances. You just need a site that will still look good um, and be legible and navigable on a smaller device. Uh, and so, you know, speed definitely comes into play there because um, a lot of times a, a site that may render reasonably quickly on a desktop could be slowed down uh, on a on a phone because you just you don't have the internet connection that you have at home or at work. Um, so you know, and there are tricks to that to you know make images smaller, um, uh, put code in the right places and stuff. Um, that kind of goes beyond uh, having an online presence 101. But these these are things that you need to think about. So. You know, and those those good bones. So this is kind of all of this stuff that I'm suggesting you need and want for your website, which is that mothership for you of your online presence. The the tip I have is to consider using WordPress, which is what's called a, a content management system. It's a it's a piece of software that allows you to uh, structure your website in in ways that both visitors and search engines will like. So that's tip number one. Although, as I say, there better have been a couple more tips that you found out of that. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, WordPress has been, um, we use our church website, uh, uses WordPress, and uh, it's just fascinating when you get into it. Uh, and it a little bit. Uh, I only know very little. but um, And then it's also fun because there's a ton of themes and a ton of designs that really, um, the potential is unlimited for your um, nonprofit, business, church website. There is so many themes that really help guide you and give you a template to build your site on. Oh, it's absolutely true, and I, and I suppose I could, could touch on that. I mean, I, there are a number of things about Facebook, or I'm sorry, about WordPress that I really like. Um, that uh, ease of use is certainly one of them. I kind of tell people, if you can handle word processing, you can probably handle posting content on your website using WordPress. Um, it's free and open source. It's scalable. Uh, I think the New York Times, uh, eBay, I think those are both WordPress websites. So, But you can also have a really small uh, website with WordPress too. Um, yeah, and there's a community of people out there developing for WordPress. It's, it's really kind of becoming a web development platform in and of itself, not just a piece of software you can use to um, uh, to create a website. Like for instance, um, you know, I'm sure some of your, uh, you know, the people who are getting involved in like the city, you know, they may have members of their own organizations. You know, some places will use WordPress and their website basically as the entire infrastructure for their organization to run the organization. Keep track of member lists, uh, um, send newsletters to people, and etc. So it's a great, great little package. Yeah. Um, why don't we move on to the next one? Let's see if it works. There we go. Does that did that show up having a good nap? <laughs> um, that's a uh, um, that's probably about what everyone would like to do after lunch and when they're listening to me drone on about having an online presence is have a good nap. <laughs> Um, but I'm not actually talking about having a lowercase NAP. We're talking here about the uppercase NAP. And uh, NAP in, in the online world stands for name, address, and phone number. And what we're meaning here um, is by maintaining a consistent name, address, and phone number across your entire online presence. And this is really critical uh, for local businesses. Um, why is that? Um, is that way because it's how uh, search engines understand that you are who you say you are and that you are where you say you are. Um, if there are even slight variations 
in your uh, maybe you're an LLC and sometimes you have periods in between the L's and the C uh, or maybe a comma before LLC sometimes yes sometimes no or maybe you're an incorporated nonprofit sometimes you use incorporated sometimes you use ink sometimes you don't use it at all this is all confusing uh, to search engines um, same goes as stupid as this is going to sound um, if you you parentheses with your phone number sometimes and sometimes you use hyphens that can be confusing to remember these are just software databases and you would hope that they could figure out that those are differences that describe essentially basically the same information but they can get confused so make sure if you want to get found locally um, that you are using a consistent name address and phone number across the board um, you know local um, this uh, this stuff is all um, kind of re related for sure um, you know being local too once you've got established what your name address and phone number is and, and really if you wanted to I would say you should extend that into you know using a like a common tagline maybe you have for your entity um, you know uh, contact information uh, an email contact information a particular website you want to drive people to all that stuff should be consistent but you want to go ahead and get that information on online business directories and there are two main kinds of online business directories or two big categories that I would call uh, horizontal and vertical the horizontal ones take all comers so you know it doesn't matter what business in what kind of nonprofit you are etc um, you post your information there and we're gonna come back to this but two of these believe it or not are Google Plus and Facebook right probably some people would be scratching their head right now and say wait Facebook is a business directory and it is and we'll talk about that um, but also you know manta.com merchantcircle.com yellowpages.com superpages.com hotfrog.com etc etc there are a lot of online business directories out there that people search not uh, you know someone might go to yellowpages.com instead of going to google.com um, probably in an older demographic in particular those who uh, you know still some probably still look at their phone books although I bet there are quite a few <laughs> who don't um, but some will go to yellow pages instead of Google but Google still understands <clears throat> that if you're posting your information at yellow pages.com that's a further indicator that you are for real and because you've used that uh, consistent name address and phone number they're gonna know that it's you and not somebody else um, but so those are the the horizontal ones the vertical ones are those uh, business directories that are related specifically to your industry um, so if you're a nonprofit um, boy for instance I would get a posting on idealist.org um, you know there are others that are out there uh, there may be local directories um, local chamber I would consider that to be horizontal but there might be local directories of nonprofits or the the type of business you're in um, and you should make sure to get your listing there. Now the funny thing is, often you know, we'll tell people, I'll tell people this, who really don't have a huge grasp of being online, and they're surprised to know that there actually is a business listing describing their organization at all of these places, even though they didn't put it up there. So it's and it's true because there are uh, what are called these data aggregators that get this information together and they uh, ship out information or, or others directories will buy that information from a data aggregator and post it online and so what most of these uh, online directories will allow you to do is have a certain amount of information for free usually they'll try to upsell you to get a special deal be an advertiser etc something along those lines but in any event it's absolutely incumbent um, to claim that listing make sure that the information is correct and follows those rules of, of having your good nap um, <clears throat> and that the name address and phone is consistent and now I, I was mentioning before uh, Google Plus and Facebook um, let's talk about Facebook first Facebook uh, you can have a business page um, you know or a cause page or what have you and so you should definitely put up a wall in between your personal Facebook presence and your professional Facebook presence but if you are a rep 
representative, uh, leading representative or director of a uh, any kind of business or nonprofit out there, you have to have a Facebook business page um, because a lot of people spend a lot of time on Facebook and there are plenty of people who spend all their online time on Facebook. And so you want to be able to reach those people by having a presence there. Um, and you know, I think also that it's just the case that you know people expect businesses and nonprofits to have a presence on Facebook. And so if you don't, it kind of casts a little bit doubt on how for real you are. And you know, when I talk to people about this, they're oh, they groan a little bit and about the being social, the social part of of these uh, these directories, but you got to be there. And so in Google Plus of course <clears throat> is um, I think they call it now Google Plus My Business. Um, you want to make sure that you have your presence there because um, just in general um, you need to make use of all those Google assets that are out there but Google Plus Google My Business in particular you must do because it's hardwired into search and uh, Google Maps which is very hardwired into local search. Um, so you gotta have that Google presence there. Um, in terms of uh, where to start, um, will you be covering social media? Um, and the question for us beginning, um, you know, do you suggest Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Google Plus? Uh, seems like there's so many options. Yep. And um, you know, when we're talking about limited time and okay, laser focus for some of these things, and okay, I'm getting my website started, and I, I got the mothership, uh, <laughs> the first step there, um, and then I supplement that, and I start to reach my audience, but how do, you know, through these social media channels, um, do you have suggestions on, on where to start? Um, I, I do, actually, and uh, you're, you're, um, you're, you're, you're predicting my, my uh, show, in, in fact. Dylan, so I definitely. Great. Well, we could also we could also table that for uh, the next few minutes. Um, well, why don't we just table it for a minute? Because there was one thing that I did I, I did want to leave folks with a little tip on on going local. Um, um, the one is the you know uh, making sure that especially on Google Plus and Facebook that you have a presence and that 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 information there is consistent about your um, my tips on the slide you can see talk about Moz Local and, and Abraham Lincoln. Um, kind of unusual to put them together, but Moz Local is moz.com/local, and that is a shorthand way of getting your information out there in a consistent way to all the data aggregators or to the most important data aggregators. And then those entries, as we were saying, depend on the information at those aggregators. That costs maybe $85 a year, something like that, to make sure that um, that, that information is consistent. But what Moz Local does is it checks first to make sure that your Google Plus and Facebook information is consistent, and then it pushes information out that you've given it to the uh, to the aggregators. So it's a really cheap and easy way for that your, your information is good and consistent all throughout the Internet. Um, I talk about Abraham Lincoln because... This is where, you know, it, sometimes it's hard to talk about this stuff, Dylan, because it's, there's the, yes, it's being local, but yes, it's being social, and we're getting to that, that issue the, that you raised. Um, but, so the Abraham Lincoln references, actually, I think it's a better reference to, there's this monk, I think, in the 14th, Abraham Lincoln had paraphrased, whose name might have been something like John Lydgate or something like that. But he's the guy who said, supposedly, um, you can please all the people some of the time and some of the people all the time, but you can't please all the people all the time. And uh, I think Abraham Lincoln mentioned it in terms of fooling people some or all the time, right? So, or, or supposedly he did. So, but anyway, the, the point here is that on a lot of these online business directories, people have the opportunity to leave reviews about your business. And so, as a business owner, small business owner or a profit, you should, to my mind, be encouraging people in most instances to go out there and leave reviews about you. Those people who you did please, well, please ask them to tell the world that you pleased them um, because those types of reviews help visitors understand that you're for real, you're a good place, um, and also the search engines like it. Now, you're not going to please all the people all the time. There are wackos out there, for lack of a better word, who leave crazy reviews about you. Maybe because you you poured him a cold cup of coffee one time, you know it just wasn't your best day. 
um, you need to respond to them too, not in an angry way, but just to acknowledge that there is a, a review out there and saying, even if it's just saying you're sorry or you know it was a bad day or what have you, um, offering to have them come in and get a free cup of coffee or whatever the case may be, um, to the extent that you can be uh, get reviews, get positive reviews, reviews, respond to negative reviews, people will see that you are a real entity out there. And I think no one expects that uh, that everybody can please everybody all the time. And so that's that's my tip on on, on that one. Now I wanted let's see if we can go down here. Um, I'm going to spend just a minute on this and then move on to that social media question which a lot of people wrestle with. Um, I hinted at before making use of all the Google assets and so you want to make sure that you do and it's we talked about it before Google is the monster when it comes to search so you have to get Googled. Um, you need to have a business page. You have to make sure you have a great presence on Google Maps. Um, because this is how people find you. Right, if you don't want people to find you, okay, don't bother with any of this stuff. But if you're, you know, bothering to have an online presence, chances are you want people to come find it. And so if you want people to find it, make sure um, that you um, I guess maybe this is sort of a, a quasi-religious reference of lying with the beast, right? I like to joke about this, but Google is a beast out there when it comes to search, and you have to get down with Google and do it the Google way because search so tremendously. Now, the the positive side, I suppose, is that a lot of these services from Google are free. Um, and I mentioned a couple there, too, called Alerts and Trends. Trends is, in essence, you can see what people in the Schenectady area are searching for these days. And maybe you can plan some of your marketing or some website content um, as a result. Um, and alerts is a great way to, you, if you have a Google account, you can set up your own personal searches uh, based on terms that you care about. Maybe it's your business name, maybe it's what your business does, maybe it's what your nonprofit works on, um, and get an update on a daily basis, on a weekly basis um, about you know what's what other people are saying on the web about these issues. And that's a great way to stay topical as well. Um, so tip there is um, absolutely maximize your, your use of the Google assets that are out there. Just uh, a note on that. Um, uh, do you, can you speak or do you know a little bit more about the Google for nonprofits even and oh, yeah. the free things that they provide? Yeah, um, Google, that's a great point. I'm glad you asked that, Dylan. Google for Nonprofits is a fantastic uh, service that's out there. Um, it's actually a variety of services. One of the things that they offer, which is really terrific, is if you are a uh, 501c3, I think, with that status verified by the IRS, then you can make use of a couple of things that are really important for an organization. One is the Google Apps suite of services. And so that is email, that is calendaring, that is document sharing. Um, Google Apps is a fabulous service. Um, you know, I, I offer email as part of my services, but I always tell people, look, use Google if you can because it's so much better. I, I can't begin to replicate what they can provide you. Um, and if you're a nonprofit, uh, let me say, normally they charge you $50 per person per year to use those services, but if you're uh, you know, a, a, a verified nonprofit, you can use those services for free. Um, you know, Google, I think, you know, I know they're a massive company. I think they're revenue dollars in the last quarter, something like that, but they do have their heart in the right place in, in many respects, and they really do have a push to help nonprofits, and this is a great way um, to make use of that. Now, they also, um, you can also get free advertising through the uh, Google AdWords service, um, which is the place where Google makes all of its money, or most of its money, um, and, uh, you know, being able to advertise for free, and that's actually, uh, just to give you a hint, that's one of my, my secret bonus tips is talking about advertising. We can get to that at the end if we have time, um, but it's a shortcut way to get traffic to your website, and advertising usually costs money, and if you can get it for free, well, that's not a bad thing, getting people to come to your website. That so, is very true. Free is good, in my book. 
I mean, you got to be careful. It's true. You you need to be careful about um, you know. Do you get what you pay for? But I, I will say that in the case of Google Apps or Google AdWords for nonprofits, um, you are getting a phenomenal service for um, for free. And uh, Google has not even paid me to say all that. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, that's um, good. And you know, I got to tell you, and, and there's this right. I have this jokey slide about lying with this, but the. Um, I, you know, I have mixed feelings about Google because you know they do collect an awful lot of information about us. There is a trade-off there. They're gathering data about all of us, or all of us who use those services. And you know, sometimes you can turn that data collection off. Sometimes you cannot. Um, so uh, you got to go into it with open eyes. Their services for nonprofits are pretty so, uh, pretty solid, to say the least. And people listening. Uh, in now and people that will watch this video later, um, you know, as we're talking through these things, they can be kind of like the, you know, the the hard work of setting this foundation. But uh, I just want to reinforce what you've already been saying, that these are the critical steps. I mean, these this is building the foundation. Before we get to Facebook and what you're going to talk about next, um, before we get to even content and marketing and how to reach things, uh, these are the. This is, you know, we're we've geared this for 101, and sometimes the 101 can feel a little bit like, okay, you know, this, this, okay, I get this or whatever. But unless we truly start with a good foundation, we I don't think we can properly take the next steps. And so as you're talking about social media, in there, okay, do we have a foundation uh, from which to build from, and then we can move on to some of these other vehicles and avenues for online presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, Dylan. And um, I mean, that's what certainly what we're trying to do here today is really give that foundation of you know the the, the basic things that be thinking about as they explore this world of having an online presence. I mean, hopefully, even if you have one, maybe you're learning a couple of nuggets, you know, about things that you hadn't thought about yet. But was and I will say, Dylan, on, on my end, your uh, audio blanked out for a second. Did you ask a question that I? I did not ask, or was it more of a comment? It was just a comment about the foundation and then okay. building on that. Okay, terrific. Well, so so let's turn to social because, and this is where um, I get the most groans whenever I make this presentation. Social, and I always say, you know, the question is, oh, do I have to have a, a social presence on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Google Plus and all that stuff? And I say, yes. Sorry. Sorry. You do, um, you really do, um, but it's a it's a do. Yes, you do with caveats, I suppose, because um, on the one hand, well, we talked about Google Plus and we talked about Facebook, and you you gotta have a presence there. Um, can it be just sort of a basic about us presence? I think it can be, yes, but if you really want to. Um, maximize uh, social media, then you need to have more than that. You have to engage um, in the dialogue that is going on on social media. You know, does that mean you have to share uh, cats playing piano videos? I don't think it means you have to share those. And in fact, um, on a business perspective, or from a business perspective, or professional perspective, perspective, yeah, I would say you do not want to do that, um, you know, unless you are selling uh, pianos for cats, because you know it, it is social, but it's really, you know, you don't get chummy with your your customers or your clientele, or your target audience. Usually, you may have you know a good uh, relationship with them and and speak with them, you know, in a, in a professional manner. So, and, and it is conversational. But it's not, um, you know, the the colloquial conversation you're going to have with your 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 buddy from high school, let's say. So that's one caveat, and and we had mentioned that before. You really need to understand that there's a difference between your personal uh, presence on these uh, social media outlets and your professional presence. There really needs to be a distinction between the two. Um, just then, just on that cliff. Um, yeah. Uh, and let me know if I'm jumping the gun again, but uh, speak a little bit more about and 
how it relates to these social medias uh, if you're not already going to. I'm sorry, speak a little bit more about what? Well, I was asking, uh, speak a little bit more about knowing your audience and how oh. that relates to some of these social media um, platforms. Yeah, um, it, it's a critical consideration, Dylan. Um, you really do have to know your audience. And this, you know, I think we were talking about that at the very beginning of this conversation, um, and it's something that I'm always telling people about getting inside the head of your your target audience, your visitor to your website, with whoever it is who's going to participate with you on social media. And so, for instance, so I'm saying you, you, you have to have a Facebook presence and you have to have a Google Plus presence. But let's say you're a not-for-profit that's dealing with um, troubled youth. You know what? They're not on Facebook, um, and they're not on. They're probably not on Google Plus either. So while you do still have to have a Google Plus and a Facebook presence because your funders are going to be on Google Plus and Facebook, um, if you want to reach the troubled youth, you got to go find them wherever they are. Right, and so you need to identify which social media outlets um, teenagers are using. Um, yeah, they're they probably they're probably on Instagram, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Tumblr. Right, the, you're absolutely right, and so you need to plan accordingly. And you know, another um, critical part of the the thought process. Um, right. This is all. It has to be a part of strategic thinking about how you're trying to reach people generally. But um, you also need to to bear in mind that the modes um, uh, of communication are different across these social platforms. You know, there might be some where, like Twitter, for instance. Right. You're limited to 140 characters, and even Twitter recommends that you only use about 120 characters. Um, because if you want somebody to, let's say you've put up a link on Twitter and you've written about it, if you've used 140 characters, then you're, you kind of miss the link if someone is going to retweet uh, your tweet. Right? So what the, the communication that works on Twitter isn't necessarily going to work on Facebook, isn't going to necessarily work on Instagram or Vine or you know whatever the case may be. So, so that's another thing to be thinking about. And then... And then also, what you want to be thinking about is your presence, um, especially if you are trying to engage an audience, um, has to be a real, authentic presence um, and a regular presence. Because if your Instagram account looks like a total ghost town and you haven't updated any photos since 2013, then you know why is someone ever going to bother coming back to look at your account or engage with you? Because they think you're gone. Um, so, yes, you have to take part, but don't take part if you're not really going to take part, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. You must have uh, went to Light the City's Twitter page because we don't use that so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're primarily using Facebook. that, But it's so true. If I went to the Twitter page for Light the City... Um, it's a ghost town, and uh, that's not serving us to build our network and our audience. So that's a great well, point. Well, you know, it, it's not. Um, and again, but it doesn't mean that, uh, remember that flash of inspiration in a lifetime of work, that can't be built up organically over time again. Um, but, you know, you, we were saying before, Dylan, how, uh, you know, that someone is opening the door to you by your online presence and it may not be your website first maybe it's your Twitter account so and, and you know I will say there, there are some folks who might say oh you know I, I, I'm, I'm never going to participate in Twitter my audience is not on Twitter um, but you might still nevertheless establish the account there to kind of protect your name and brand um, so that nobody else can can take it you know that was um, one of the things that I found in investigating um, the price chopper situation. There were some some accounts already existed with that name Market 32, but there were some accounts um, that had not even been claimed yet, and it was um, it was pretty surprising that they hadn't been claimed yet. So, you know, yes, you got to be there, but yes, you need to really be there if you're going to be there. Um, and, yeah, participate in the way that people participate there. You know, um, uh, social is, is really kind of a it, it, it thing. Um, you know, 
for better or for worse, um, you know, I it, it's where a lot of conversation happen, happens these days. I think instead of happening in a face-to-face way, you know, I think that uh, so as a concept. I mean, there there are people, and and I am one of them. Uh, also, who sometimes absolutely lambasts the fact that people are online all the time, myself included, looking at my phone or computer instead of, you know, looking across the table at the person I'm with or across the room and engaging with them. But I, I think that these social media outlets still fulfill the, a very human need to converse with others, um, even. If it's only if it's only with strangers, you know, people have that desire. I think to to share. Um, you know, I, I suppose there, you you see all the time. There's like a popularity contest going on, right? And everybody wants to go viral with whatever it is they posted online. Um, and uh, but you know, it, it it does serve a purpose, and you do need to be conversational. So you know, I th- I think that's probably more. Un- Understandable profits perspective than from a small business perspective, right? Because a, a small business is often really consumed with the idea of selling whatever it is that they're selling, and here they are faced with social media, and instead of selling, you know, everybody's telling them, no, 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 you got to be conversational, you know, engage with your audience, don't try to sell them stuff, you know, provide them valuable information, valuable content, don't be pitching all the time. And it's true that, that if you want to succeed in these social media outlets, that's the way you got to do it. You cannot sell because people will turn you right off. I think also what's true is um, building your, you know, connecting with your audience. So if you're a small nonprofit and you are uh, raising and you are um, looking for donations and stuff, while you're not trying to only use social media to um, you know, have people donate, you can use social media to, number one, connect with that audience, grow those donors, um, and uh, even manage your don- what, what nonprofits call donor relations, um, and also tell the stories. That's the, that's the, that's the great um, benefit of these platforms is that you can really share the stories of what your nonprofit is doing, which mm-hmm. in turn creates more tra- traffic to the, to the site and to your cause. Um, as you're sharing uh, um, what you're doing good in the world, um, you hope that people kind of buy into that, both um, with their heart and with their hands and with their wallets. And so I think that that's a, such an important piece as well. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Um, people do love stories, and you know, especially too for the nonprofits, um, although not exclusively nonprofits. You know, having those stories on your website too, not just testimonials, but you know. How, you know, what ma- what is mattering for for you? Why, you know, and allowing people that opportunity to, to uh, tell the world how something was meaningful to them um, really resonates with people. Done right, it absolutely does. You're, it's a very good point, Dylan. Um, you know, one other thing that I was going to say about being social online is that there are other ways besides social media outlets um, to be social. Um, one is to go out and participate, you know, add comments to other people's blogs or uh, newspaper articles that are related to things that you're working on. You just want to make sure that um, you're careful to be offering, again, good, unique content that's in your own voice. You don't want to just say, me too, with a link back to your website. You do absolutely want to have a link back to your website, but you need to add to the conversation in a substantive way so that people see um, that you actually do provide a value. And, you know, actually, I should say, too, with respect to participating in these social media accounts, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, um, they also have what are called groups and communities, uh, depending on on which uh, social media asset it is. And as a as a business or as a person, you should be participating in these groups and communities. Um, you know, for instance, I on Facebook, I'm involved in a uh, like an advanced WordPress community, and so you know, I will chime in there sometimes with information about something I learned that I think other people will benefit from or sometimes I have a question about you know an issue that I'm wrestling with and there's a whole community there to support me and so um, likewise there's all sorts of uh, groups and online groups and communities out there for 
you know, um, uh, every topic under the sun, basically. So my my tip down at the bottom on this one slide is make it almost automatic. There, automatic. There are services out there that you can use to uh, pump out your information. Say you put together a new blog post for your website, you can send it out automatically to a bunch of these uh, social media outlets at the same time. And so, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, it's a little beyond the scope of our time here, but I think that's such a great thing for people to look into is uh, things like Hootsuite and all these apps yeah. that exist for people to um, really, uh, Buffer is another one, um, and uh, that help people with multiple um, social media online platforms uh, to post on their schedule ahead of time and uh, so on. Even Facebook now has that uh, option. Oh, to post later, yeah. And I would say the only thing to be aware of or to be careful of is kind of to remind folks of what we talked about just a few minutes ago, which is, you know, in these different social media services, there, is, there can be different lingo, different ways to talk, uh, different ways to approach the same topic. So even it, there's a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it seems very desirable to be completely automatic and just send the same thing out everywhere at the same time, um, but that might not be the most strategic way to do that. Well, we uh, have a few minutes left, and let me just do a quick recap of the, the big points you shared and then uh, let you uh, kind of close with anything that you have. I know you have some more content, and then, uh, then I'll kind of close our time together. But uh, so far you've been telling us that, number one, a website is a must, and uh, put the time, energy, effort to do that well, to build that foundation. The second thing we heard is that local business must be in local online business directories. So uh, do, your, do your work, do your due diligence to um, put those in those local directories. And, um, and you mentioned things like um, online business directories, the kind of the vertical and the horizontal both, um, and how that's important. So you have specific areas that are for maybe just built for nonprofits, and then make sure you're, you, you are in things like Yellow Pages and, and um, all the other ones. The uh, next thing you mentioned is maximize the use of Google. Um, get Googled, as you said, and that is so important because it is the beast, and uh, we need to lie with that beast in a, in a way that helps uh, maximize our own efforts. And then get social. And so we just kind of finished that segment here about getting social, the, the importance of that, the different platforms. Uh, at the very least, be on, be on Google+. But then look to, how, look to see how you can build your audience through um, other avenues um, where they may be um, spending more of their time, such as um, the ones we mentioned, Twitter and so on. That, uh, yeah, that's that's a very good summary. Um, you know, the the, I, the the couple of points I would um, mention. I I mentioned the social tip, but I'm sure I think Dylan, I shared with you uh, an outline of this talk that you should feel free to share with anybody who who would like to get it from you. Um, but the you know the the last kind of main point, the fifth tip is that I had was to make sure to monitor what you're doing online. Um, and this is where I, I kind of call it be a dork. But, um, and you know, if we watch TV these days, we know that being a dork is cool. It's no longer something that's not. So, but the important thing is to, to watch statistics. Um, you can either, I use all the time, again, Google, Google Analytics, Google Webmaster Tools. Understand what is working for you and what is not. Those things that are working, guess what? Repeat them elsewhere. Those things that aren't working, well, you've got to fix it. That's all. And by monitoring data on website traffic, you know where your traffic is coming from, etc., um, you really have an opportunity to enhance your online presence further. So as we close our time, um, practically, we're going to put some notes um, and link people to these, um, some more information as well as line of this talk, um, and then some practical areas where they can go get some more things. Um, there's a great book for churches called The Social Church by an author, Justin Wise. Churches can grab that. Um, but uh, Cliff, where can people find you? How can they connect with you? And how could you um, help them with some more information on this? Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, Dylan, so much for asking. Um, and 
And, and more, thank you so much for hosting this today and, and allowing me to share some time with you. Um, it's really been a lot of fun. The, uh, but, but you can find me at uh, goatcloud.com. Um, you can just email me if you want to at cliff at goatcloud.com. And uh, I am kind of local, based here in the Schenectady area. And uh, so I'd be happy to answer any you know, follow-up questions that anybody had. We want to thank you for your time and helping us launch these uh, online workshops well. Um, we appreciate your insight and just helping us build this online presence uh, foundation. I would encourage people to, to just start. I would encourage people to work with Cliff um, or hire at least hire someone to help them uh, put the resources forth to help them build an, an online presence if you're stuck especially. Um, we will provide some more notes and some more resources based on this stuff as we go. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in, and hopefully you ate your lunch and uh, during this lunch and learn time. Uh, and I want to encourage you to look forward to more of these topics uh, as we go. We also encourage you to, to, to connect with Light the City's Facebook, uh, so where you can in community and connection. You can also send us questions about um, future topics that you may want to have covered with your church or your small business or your nonprofit. We'd love to uh, curate great resources based on your questions and your content. We want to serve you well through Light the City, so we encourage you to do that. Send us an email or connect. So thank you so much for tuning in today, and uh, we will connect with you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.